Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, I know that wisdom is important. I also know that um, as I was looking at this topic of wisdom today, I was thinking about, well, is wisdom just being smart? Um, I thought about um, smart people. I literally actually know uh, a rocket scientist, and I was like, is, is wisdom being smart? Um, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, well, we can all learn right in life, but some of us just are simply smarter than others. But wisdom is different. As I was thinking about wisdom, I was also thinking about creativity and, and entrepreneurship and, and what comes from creating more. One of the things I learned over this last week was that before the 1970s, there was practically no such thing as the breakfast sandwich. It just didn't exist in the world. Now, I love breakfast sandwiches. Sorry if you're fasting right now and your stomach is rumbling, as I mentioned this, um, if you're praying and fasting with us. But both Jack in the Box and McDonald's in the 70s, early 70s, somebody created it and popularized it, and then the breakfast sandwich became this thing that was, I think, almost 50% of the breakfast that Americans ate in the 70s was breakfast sandwiches as a result of this from fast food places. And as I was thinking about that, um, it was very interesting to me. Um, and I was like, wow, these, these people were creative. They saw a problem. They had no sales for breakfast. Breakfast at the time was on a plate, an Eggs Benedict. And they were, how do I take Eggs Benedict and make it so that it can be portable for people? And they solved this problem. And I was like, that's great, but that's not wisdom. And I'm glad it's not wisdom because, well, I can be a creative person. Maybe you're a creative person. God does not... Um, promise that we're all going to be inventors or entrepreneurs, but he does promise that we all can have wisdom, and we don't have to wait until we are 80 and old to get it, which I am grateful for, because I don't want to have to just experience the heartbreak of life to know that um, I can gain wisdom. I know that as we go through life, there are things that are difficult. And I want to be wise now so I don't have to make all those mistakes to learn from them, right? Because we learn from our mistakes, but I don't want to have to make all of them just to gain wisdom in life. So I'm grateful that God promises that we can have wisdom when we ask Him for it. I don't have to just experience heartbreak to know that I should be careful with my heart and intentional or learn the wrong lesson that I don't trust anybody with my heart because I got it hurt once. I know that I can learn and have wisdom that God is with me. And I want to have wisdom so that I can make judgments in life and that my family and I can respond appropriately to the challenges of life. When the realities of COVID change, I can learn how to respond. How do I respond with wisdom? Not out of fear, not out of any other misplaced thing, how do we respond? So as we jump into this, this is my message today. God promises wisdom to all who ask for it. God promises wisdom to all who ask him for it. We're going to jump into James chapter 1 this morning. James says to the church, a church that was going through hard times, facing a lot of persecution, their life was difficult, and he starts out his letter to this church saying, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. 
I don't know about you, I don't generally count trials as joy, but I do face them. Anybody going through a trial right now, I know that life can be difficult. We all face these. He says, count it joy, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and the steadfastness, let it have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So let me summarize this before we look at it a little bit more deeply this morning. He says, have joy when trials come in your life. Might not be your natural response, but it's the response that God allows us to have and calls us to have. Now, trials and testing do produce steadfastness. This is his second thing that he says, and that's true. I think we would all agree, right? When we go through something difficult, um, we often, it's not a guarantee, but we often come out of it stronger. When we work out in the gym, we come out stronger. When we go through something hard in life, we learn from it. The next time we go through something similar that's difficult, we have a little bit more strength to get through whatever that might be. Be, but the good news for us today is that he goes on from there. He doesn't just say, count it joy because you'll be wise by the time you get to the end of your life because you had a hard life. <laughs> that wouldn't be as encouraging. He says, no, he says he goes on and he says, if you need wisdom, ask God for it and he will give it to you so that we can have wisdom in our trials of life. And he goes on to say, ask in faith because God wants to give abundant wisdom to you. And now I am, I don't know, I'm not going to call myself old yet. I'm not that old yet. I'm still pretty young, especially for a pastor, I guess. I'm pretty young. But I have learned some lessons in life, right? I've, I've gone through some life. We all have. It doesn't matter how young we are. We have all gone through life and learned lessons. And some have been more painful than others. And I know that I would rather learn a lesson on the front end so that I can respond with wisdom and not have to go through the pain and the difficulty of the wisdom. And sometimes... If you're like me, we can be a little hard-headed. And I remember one of the things that happened to me is in high school, shortly after, I don't know, I'd been driving less than a year. I had my first job. I had a bad day at work, and I was just ready to go home. And I was like one of the last people to leave after the store closed. I worked at Sears. It was not a glamorous job. It was retail, but it, you know, was my first job. But I had a bad night. I was like the last one to leave me and the manager because I was, had a bad night and it was so slow as I was finishing up. And I got in my dad's truck at the time and I was in this parking lot of the mall. And if you've seen a parking lot, you know, a lot of parking lots have like little sections where there's no parking. Maybe there's like a tree sticking out of them to like decoration or divide things. Well, this parking lot had a bunch of those. But so I jumped in the truck and I had a bad day. And so I just hit the gas pedal hard to take off and go and I was up high in the truck and it looked like there was nothing in front of me there was no tree in front of me so I just went and I went right up onto a giant rock because the little island thing in front of me didn't have a tree it had a rock there was two in the whole circle of the mall and I had parked in front of one of them but I was so anxious and upset and just in a hurry that I said I I'm out of here and then I went nowhere and I happened to I think my dad didn't like fully believe what had happened. He's like, I can't picture this in my mind. He had to come rescue me, him and my uncle, because I had perfectly balanced the truck on the rock. So neither 
tire could get enough traction to, like it's a truck, it's strong, right? But neither tire could get enough traction to pull me off because I was perfectly balanced in the middle of that rock because I had gone on with so much speed. You think I would have learned my lesson in parking lots. But then like four years later, I was in college and I was back working retail, this time in California at Ikea this time, you know, maybe stepping it up to, to Swedish um, retail here. And I again had um, a bad day and this time I'm leaving with all of my coworkers. And again, now I have a car this time, but I like am smart enough now. I like, I backed into my parking spot and I could see as I came up to the car, there was nothing in front of me. And there was nothing around me. And I, again, had a bad day. And so I kind of just, I didn't, I, I learned a little bit, right? I didn't like floor it this time. But I, I left like strongly out of my parking spot. And as I did, as all my coworkers are still walking to their car, I crashed into something on the right side of me. And I was like, there was nothing there. I looked over before I left. There was no car there. No, there was no car. I had parked next to like a cement trash can that was there. I don't know why it was there, but it was like a, one, like a trash can this size made out of cement that just not even attached to the ground because I didn't just hit it and like go. I hit it and it like bounced and then it came back and hit the car and like, you know, all down the side of the car in front of all of my coworkers. Now, thankfully, there's insurance that goes up when you have an accident. Thankfully that cars can be fixed. And you think I would have learned the first time, you think I would learn the second time, I did learn the second time, there is no third story. That's the end. I finally learned, it took me till I was like 20 years old and I finally learned, I am way more careful in parking lots now. And today, as we look at wisdom, this is the joy of wisdom, right? Like that was painful. There was embarrassing moments with my family, with coworkers. There was the financial cost of some of those things. Um, there was the embarrassment of it, and I learned from it. But the joy of wisdom that God promises us today, church, is that you can learn those lessons on the front end and not have to go through the struggles the hard way. You might still face some challenges, but God is going to give you the way forward. And it's not just, in, as he said in verses 3 and 4, a wise proverb that we could all agree with as you go through life and go through trials, you can learn from your trials. It's true. And some of the most successful people in life did go through adversity to get to where they're at and to be great in different ways of their life. Matter of fact, if we look at movies, what is Batman without his origin story or Wolverine? What is Top Gun without Goose? I'm really excited to see the second one. I don't think it's ever going to come out. I just keep waiting. It, that is going to be the thing that brings me back to the movie theater. I've been waiting like two and a half years now. But if we look at Remember the Titans or Invincible that just came out or Cinderella Man or any sports movie or it, it, really any inspiring movie, usually the lead characters go through or the team goes through a difficult time and then they learn from it. But it's not just this that we have to go through. And honestly, it's true biblically. My message today is not, and James didn't tell his church, count it joy when you go through trials because if you're a Christian, you don't have to go through the rest. And so you get out of it. Matter of fact, biblically, if we look at Moses or Joseph or David or Jesus, they all went through what we often call a desert experience that was a trial literally in the desert where it seemed like nothing was working out in life. 
And God built them up in that so that they could do the ministry that he had for them. God does not promise us that we don't go through those times. What he promises is that if we look to him and ask for wisdom, he will help us through those times. James himself, the brother of Jesus, you know, he is the one writing this letter. James himself goes to the church and says, you're going through a difficult time. You're facing all these trials and persecution. I have good news for you. James himself faced it. He, he ended up dying for his faith in his half-brother because of what he knew that Jesus did. He knew that life wasn't always easy, but he said it was worth it. James lived his life that way. And James tells the church, you are going through a hard time, but have joy. You are going to be made stronger in your hard time, and God is with you. He can give you wisdom. He can give you guidance in it. And he says, those that God makes stronger, God uses. And he says, they are the ones that get to see miracles. They are the ones that get to live a life of purpose and meaning. They are the ones that get to see God's church built and be a part of it. They get to be the ones that God uses to give hope to others. They get to share the gospel with their friends and their family and others. They are the ones that get to be 80 and have wisdom, yes, but not, not wisdom just from failures, but wisdom from living a life of meaning and that God gave them direction in their life. And they don't worry about what God is going to say to them when they get to heaven. They know, I'm going to heaven. I know when I get there, God is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm grateful for the life you lived. I'm not worried about what God is going to say when I meet him. And I said there's more, right? Because God always enters in and he gives more. He says, if you need wisdom, ask in your trial and he will provide it for you. So you don't have to learn by failure. You don't have to learn by struggling God says, I'll give you wisdom on the front end. And then he says, ask and it will be given to you abundantly. He says, I don't give to you grudgingly. Ask and God will give it to you. He says, God gives generously to all without reproach. God doesn't grudgingly give us wisdom. He's not saying, oh, I'm sad that my kids are back here again asking for help or asking for what do I do? Why? Like, you think they would have learned by now. Like, God gives us generously, without reproach, it says. We don't have to come hat in hand hoping that God is going to respond favorably to us. He says, come boldly, because God is going to give generously to those that need guidance. He's not mad at it. I think actually the opposite is true. God's upset when we don't go to him. He says, why wouldn't you ask? Why are you struggling through this trial right now? It's not that you you aren't supposed to go through it, but I don't want you to struggle so much. I want to help you through it. I want to give you wisdom so you know how to respond in it and come out of this strengthened and not beaten down, right? Because if we go through the trial and it's hard and we don't, and we just struggle through it, sometimes we don't come out on top. Sometimes we come beaten down. Anybody beaten down from the last two years of life or whatever trial you've gone through, but God says, I want to raise you up out of it. So we ask God for wisdom, and when we do, he gives generously. Ask, and God will give you wisdom. Now, some of you might be wondering why I put this in our First 22 series of prayer and fasting, right? It's the series on prayer and fasting. We're talking about wisdom today. How did we get to wisdom? I put it here partly because who doesn't want a year filled with wisdom? Who doesn't want to know what to do this year, how to act, how to respond as we go about this year? God grants wisdom to those that are following him, but there's more as it's tied to prayer and fasting. 
Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom comes from God. It comes from fearing God. Fearing isn't being afraid of Him. It's respecting Him. Of this kind of healthy relationship of God. But if you follow God's guidance for your life, He wants to give you wisdom for how to act. But those who despise wisdom and instruction, it says, are fools. Now, don't be a fool, church. I don't want you to be a fool. I don't want to be one, that's for sure. But this is the truth of wisdom. It has us often do things sometimes that we don't want to do, or refrain from things we do want to do, or do things that sometimes don't make sense in the world's eyes. But as we follow God, wisdom says don't despise these things. It says fear God, respect His instruction for your life. And if you do, you will make good decisions in life. You're going to get wisdom. But it starts with fearing God, and that means following Him. But it requires, back to our series here on prayer and fasting, it requires that we ask God for wisdom. This is my next point. And then we need to listen for His response. We need to listen to the wisdom He gives. Not just ask and then go about your life. If we don't listen to the response, we don't know what to do and how to act. We need to hear God's guidance for us or we won't hear what the wisdom is. And I said this in week one of the series, but we get wisdom from hearing from God. And at, the, at Tekoa, in Second Chronicles 20, the name of our church comes from this, at Tekoa, the people fasted and prayed, and then God spoke to them. And God speaks, I said this, through the Bible. He speaks to us directly. He speaks together as a church. It's one of the reasons we gather. And He speaks through other Christians. That's called prophecy, and that's why community and groups and relationships with other Christians are so important. So we need to seek God's wisdom, we need to ask Him for it, and then we need to be prepared and position ourselves to listen to His guidance, His response for us. And this, church, is one of the benefits of prayer and fasting. It positions us in a place to listen, to hear from what God is saying. This is what happened at Tekoa, the The king brought the people together, they prayed and fasted, and then God spoke through one of the prophets and gave wisdom to them. Jehoshaphat, it says, was terrified by the news of the army that was coming, and he begged the Lord for guidance. He begged for guidance. In other words, he begged for wisdom. I don't know what to do here in this situation, God. What do I do? When you need a little wisdom, come to God, ask him, and he will give it to you. And if you need, you really need wisdom for a big life decision or a trial that you're going through, if you pray and fast, you position yourself to hear well what God's guidance is for you. He wants to give you wisdom. So we need to ask, we need to listen. And number three, my third point here, is that we need to act on the wisdom that God gives us. Sometimes this is easy, right? Like, uh, we're thankful that we finally got an answer. We didn't know what to do. God gave us an answer. Now I can just go forward with the answer. But sometimes even that is difficult. It's hard. Look at our, our, um, in Second Chronicles 20 at Tekoa. God said, do something that doesn't make any sense in the world's eyes. He said, go out hungry on empty stomachs from fasting to go meet the armies that are coming to attack you. And when you get there... Don't go out with weapons and armor and an amazing strategic battle plan. Put your singers in the front and go out and worship God. That doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. That takes faith, faith that they were only able to have because they prayed and fasted first. 
But the wisdom of God doesn't make sense often to the world, but it does in God's kingdom, and that wisdom leads us to a good life. See, earthly wisdom says, you know, have sex while you're dating so that you know what it's like if you're going to enter into a relationship of marriage. And God says, wait until you're married, and in the covenant of that, it is going to be better than anything else you could have. Earthly wisdom says, do whatever you want to be happy. Heavenly wisdom says, consider others over yourself. Earthly wisdom says, rise to the top of your job and focus your life on that. Heavenly wisdom says, follow God's calling. You will have a more fulfilled life if you do that. Earthly wisdom says, it's just a scary movie or a crude joke. When Heavenly wisdom says, be more considerate of the content you let into your life. Earthly wisdom says, the fine for the carpooling might be worth it. Heavenly wisdom says, submit to authority and respect others. Earthly wisdom says it's just a little white lie. What they don't know won't hurt them. Heavenly wisdom says the truth will set you free. Earthly wisdom says engage in addictive behavior or activities when heavenly wisdom says true healing is worth pursuing. Earthly wisdom is the endless pursuit of the perfect body and heavenly wisdom is you are created in God's image and loved by him. Earthly wisdom says you failed. Heavenly wisdom says God is not done with you yet. Earthly wisdom says get all you can. Heaven says give all you can. Somebody say amen this morning. It's quiet, it's cold, but God is speaking this morning to us, church. I want to emphasize something that James emphasized here before we finish today, the difference between earthly and heavenly wisdom, even as I just shared. James said later in his letter to the church, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above, the wisdom from heaven, is pure peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Those last two verses are are so good. When we don't know what to do and how to act to be wise, it's be peaceable, gentle, righteous in how we act. One of the ways I like to sum this up is when we don't know what to do, act in love towards our neighbors. This is one of the things Jesus taught and honestly, as, as this last year and as we've gone through things as a family, as a church, um, and even as we respond to COVID in our life, I think this is really important. As we think about topics of wearing masks or not wearing masks around other people and our response to that, vaccines, the guidelines of the government, all of these things, sometimes, honestly, it's confusing. Sometimes they're conflicting. But as I look at this as a pastor, as I look at this As a husband and a father, let me help you with a little bit of wisdom of how we approach some of these questions in our family. And no matter your stance on this at all, I have two principles that I want to share with us that I feel like lead to wisdom for us. Number one, and this applies in other areas of life as well, follow God's guidance first above anything else in your life. This means we need to hear Him and listen from His Bible, from the church from our community like we talked about, but we need to position ourselves to know where God is leading and his wisdom for our lives because we know that the 
the spiritual health of our lives is most important. Number two, though, generally God will call us to love and, um, and to be humble around us. It says, respect the laws and instructions of your government when they don't conflict with God's laws and instructions for you. It says, love your neighbor. It says, humble yourself, just as Jesus did, up to the, his own death on the cross for us who didn't deserve it. He said, if somebody forces you to go to a mile, volunteer a second one. He says, if somebody asks from you, give generously. And I know that this can be hard for me, right? I, like, if my enemy is attacking me, Jesus says, pray for them and love them, and that is not at all what my natural response is that I want to do. And it's hard for me, it's hard for me, even as I was preparing to preach this, I thought, man, I gotta live this out if I'm preaching this, right? As a pastor, I don't want to be a hypocrite up here, like, do I really believe this, and do I live my life this way? And I do, but I also need to sometimes step it up a little bit more. And I, I, I was thinking about, I think it was last spring, sometime in this whole COVID craziness, my family wanted to travel to Southern California to um, visit my father-in-law. And it was during this time where there was this weird situation, it was weird to me anyways, um, where you couldn't travel more than 150 miles out of the Bay Area without quarantining for 10 days. Um, and we would have gone past the 150 miles, and my family, we fasted actually, and we prayed about what to do. And it might seem like a little extreme of a response, but we really felt like our decision on this mattered. And as we prayed and we fasted, we felt like God say, it doesn't matter if you think it makes sense or not. It doesn't matter if you think that it's like it's fine, you'll be safe. We felt like we weren't supposed to go because we couldn't do the 10-day quarantine when we got back. And it was a super hard decision for our family to not see um, my father-in-law like we wanted to do. And we hadn't seen him for a while and we ended up making that and it was really hard for us. And at the same time, we had this situation. I have a friend that I literally Googled it. He lived 153 miles away from us. <laughs> and I was like, well, is that allowed or not allowed? Is it from the edge of the county or not the edge of the county? But, but church, if we look at the, the specifics of it, we're missing the point if we're trying to find the loopholes and the specifics. But what I want to share is that God works in our humility. And as a church... As a Christian, he wants us to respond in love and humility. Not everything makes sense, and as we're called to respond, it doesn't always make sense. And I know over the last two years, it's very unfortunate that even in my network of pastors that I know, this topic is tension for everybody. Because we have some people that will not come to church if people are wearing masks at the church. There are other people that won't go to a church unless everybody is wearing a mask. And there's a whole other group of people that's like, I don't even care about this. And nobody is happy no matter what you do. But this is what I want to share. We're missing the point if we limit our engagement with God's church along these lines. We're missing the point if we are trying to think only of ourselves. Jesus wants us to think about our neighbors and how we respond in humility. And as I thought about this, as we've thought about this as a church for a while now, we encourage people here to wear masks. Why? Because we believe that's the most loving thing to represent Jesus to our neighbors. There are so many in our city that don't know Jesus, and they think if you're never going to wear a mask, whether you think it makes sense or not, you think it's helpful or not, there's all sorts of research and opinions. I, I'm not even going to try to, to talk about that. But I think in our city, 
when people see a Christian with a very strong viewpoint that is not the, what most people think here, that's what they associate. And I, I've talked with some people, they're like, I, I won't wear a mask, I, I don't want to do it, I don't believe in it for certain reasons. And I say, you know what, I don't even care whether you think it's helpful or not helpful, I do it because my neighbor thinks that I'm being disrespectful and rude if I don't, and I'm not being loving. And so I've chosen to do this. And I maybe got into a very hot topic this morning that I shouldn't have gone into, but what I wanted you to see, church, and what I wanted to address is that when we respond and we ask God for wisdom, often what he says is humble yourself and take the difficult road. Humble yourself to love your neighbor as God and as Jesus did. We need to have wisdom in all decisions of life. And however your family, and I know that as we hit January here with this new variant of COVID, however you or you and your family have felt you needed to respond to it, it's different for all of us. Our response has to be different. Our situations are all different. And I, as a pastor, I have some guidance for you, but I also want to tell you that all our situations are different. What I want for you is to, for you to seek God for wisdom, for you to say, I'm not going to come and to my answer just prideful. I want to come to my answer with humility and love for my neighbor. And however God calls you to respond, that you would do that for your family. And church, I want to also call us to give grace to those whose decisions around us are different than our own. Because their situation might be different. What God calls for their family. We have families in our church that haven't been able to come this month because of unique family situations that are different than mine. I'm super thankful to be here, but they're not able to be, and that's okay if they made their decision as God led them to out of wisdom, which some of them have. We don't want to judge them for it, we want to give them grace because what I've seen, honestly, is that a lot of families right now or people have struggled to make wise decisions behind closed doors. And they finally make it and then they encounter other people, maybe friends, maybe family, maybe the church, and then the church is not supportive of the decision they made. And they feel judged by others of the decision that they made. But Jesus said something different. Jesus said, take the plank out of your own eye before you judge other people. There are a lot of people making hard decisions. Don't judge them based on the hard decisions they've made. They're just trying to do their best. Right now, in COVID, it is hard. Honestly, it's sometimes just plain confusing. Our family, when we had COVID at the beginning of this month, we were trying to figure out, is it a five, seven, eight, ten-day quarantine? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do in this, and we're trying to respond the right way. What we can do, how do we go out in public? When can Hannah go back to preschool? What do we do in this situation? It's hard, but church, we're not defeated. We prayed for wisdom, and God gave us wisdom, and we responded the best way that we could. When you ask for wisdom, God promises wisdom for you. He says, ask, listen, I will give generously without grudging, and then we need to walk it out, church, in love and humility to the world around us. I don't know right now where you need wisdom in your life or for your year, the good news is that God is offering you wisdom, and he's offering you wisdom for free. Abundant wisdom is available to you today. If you've been fasting and praying with us for the last two weeks, or if you want to start for our last week and join us for this last seven days of prayer and fasting, if you seek God with us for prayer and wisdom, I invite you, seek wisdom for yourself, seek wisdom for our church, and I can promise this, that God is going to grant you wisdom because he promised that he would. Take him up on his promise. 
Don't be a fool, like Proverbs said. Instead, take wisdom into your life and the decisions that you need to make. We're going to take communion together in a minute as a church as we respond during this final song. Um, But before we do that, let me read this scripture and invite us to pray together. Jesus, uh, sorry, Paul said to the Corinthian church, For you consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the world standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Okay, we're all in there somewhere, right? But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing to bring the things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom, it says, of God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We don't boast in ourselves, we boast in Jesus Christ. We have wisdom because of him. We can boldly approach the throne of God because of what Jesus has done for us. We have hope because of what Jesus has done. We're not foolish anymore. We're not low and downcast anymore because God has given us wisdom. Church, would you pray with me for wisdom right now? God, I pray for wisdom for our church. I pray that you would grant us more wisdom as you have promised us. Lord, and may we respond however you lead us with bold faith to go out, even like your people did at Tekoa when it didn't make sense, but you provided through their following of you. God, we pray for more wisdom. We pray for more wisdom. May you speak to us. God, I pray for anybody in our church right now that has a difficult situation. They don't know how to respond to it. They feel like they're going through a trial, a difficult time. I pray for wisdom for them. May you grant it to them. I want to give you the opportunity right now to receive the wisdom of Jesus. If you haven't ever trusted him, now is your opportunity, your chance. It's a free gift. He lived a perfect life for you, died for you, and God raised him to new life three days later. If you want to accept that gift right now or you want to recommit to following him, would you pray this with me? It's very simple. It's very short. Just pray these words. Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect and need help. I believe you died and rose again for me. I choose to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time to follow Jesus this morning, I want to invite you, come say hi after service to me or our team. We'd love to give you a gift. But I also want to celebrate, church, what Jesus did, how he has given us wisdom. If you are a follower of Jesus, whether you said that and choose to follow him for the first time today or you have for a while now, you are invited to take communion with us this morning as we do this. Our, um, there's going to be the bread and the cup um, are over, for sure, over there. There might be one over there too. I can't see it. Um, there's a little bread on top and the, the, um, the cup is underneath there for you to take. You can do that on your own timing. But church, we celebrate the gift of Jesus who has given us wisdom, who lets us come to God's throne. His body broken for us, his blood spilled for us. It's the free gift of God for us. So take some time during the song to reflect on that gift. You can take communion when you're ready. You can spend some time in prayer seeking wisdom and join our team here in praise of our God.
Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.